Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lakeland Sports Guys. Tom Carroll, Chris Cox. We're having a blast here on a Thursday. The twice-baked potato with a ribeye steak sandwich over at Howard's on Bain. Go ahead and get that. By the way, Howard's got a new Facebook page out. Chris, have you seen this? I have, man. And it looks like everybody's going to contribute, so that's pretty good. It's got your lunch specials daily, uh, catering stuff going on. So you'll be able to jump on that Howard's page on the Facebook app and see what's going on, man. We don't, because like I said, Carolina and I and Granger and everybody else were sharing it. Now you don't have to. You just go to Howard's on Main. See what's yeah. going on at Howard's. Go ahead and follow that, and it'll pop up. You'll know what's going on. Like you said, the lunch specials, events. You got uh, Pope and Burt playing Friday night. That was on there uh, with the music outputs as well. Lock and be tonight. They're taking our place here in a minute. And like I said, I, I mean, you can't. It's got everything on it. He, Howard even said, throw the prices on the food up there. I don't care. <laughs> I'm as competitive with everybody else. So, I mean, I, I love it, man. And I, I give Carolina, whoever's decided all this, Rowan, Howard, the rest of the crowd, it's going to keep this page going. It's going to take a lot of work to keep it going. You know what? I might be able to get my 52 on that portion <laughs> of it. <laughs> yeah, we know Barbie runs. <laughs> so, you just sell Barbie 52. And, and like I said, you can even price it if you want. So if you don't think it's priced right, Howard will let you reprice yeah, it. Yeah, it's basically the hot ham and cheese just cold on sourdough is basically what it is. <laughs> we, we got to where we love 52 because after we finished the games over at Greenwood, we would make our venture over there because nobody else was open at, at that time of night, even though it was early to me and you. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, nobody would accept people after 9, 9.30, and so we, we got used to your number 52, and, and it was good. It, it did its job. So, like I said, still one of your favorite sandwiches. I noticed that you do every other day or so. You go in there and you're going to get something different. You want to keep it rolling, try something. I want to try everything on the menu eventually. And, I, and <laughs> I'm having a hard time with the with the guacamole oh, and the yeah, cucumber and apple slices. On, and I, I'm going to have to try them eventually, but uh, I'm saving them for the last. I'm not a guac guy either. So, <laughs> like, so hey, we can go to it. We can see what else we can do with it and, and fluctuate around. If you like guacamole, just say we don't want they want. <laughs> We want our stuff. So, but yeah, I just think it's a cool site. Um, I had, you know, I first heard about it the other day. So, uh, when we were in there on Monday, I heard them speaking on it. And then, like I said, Caroline takes it. Uh, I had put it on Facebook and I shared it, and then Granger shared it. And, and so, but it, it gives you an opportunity not just for the people that work there, but for everybody like from Granger, all the, all the bands that are playing, say, hey, we got something new. That's just like we can go on that page and say, hey, we've got a guest coming into Howard today. I mean, you know, come on in and let's see what we got going, and we can use our page and that page. And so it's going to be fun to see how that grows that business. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about all the growth that's happening over there. And uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about uh, that happened this week. All kinds of stuff happened Monday after we got done. Um, we'll talk about that because we had men mentioned, what, Thursday, that there were going to be all kinds of coaches changes yeah. going on. So we will talk about Greg Porter taking over at Lawrence, give you the details on that. Swansea gets a new head coach uh, as well. We'll give you details on that. Wilson finally gets a new co- – I mean, all of a sudden this week it's just been coaching hire after coaching hire but it's also opened up some other schools looking for coaches as well so we'll dive into your favorite portion being thursday and that's the coaching search we've got an interview um that well i should say the press conference uh, with coach porter we'll dive into that uh but first and foremost before we get into the high school aspect of it let's talk about what happened in college because there were some big games that did take place big game taking place tonight eight o'clock uh, as well when we'll get uh, well let's start with that with the ladies basketball lsu taking on south carolina uh, south carolina going to lsu they only meet once a year. Last year, 
year, South Carolina basically went in there and just dominated. I mean, um, but you had five starters that all uh, ended up graduating and go to the WNBA. So <laughs> how do you reload if you're Don Staley? Uh, you just do. She reloaded. She, she's got a really good team, Tom. I'm more interested in the controversy of stuff going on there with, with uh, Angel Reese still. Um, not 100% sure she's going to play tonight because of some things that she's got going on. And we'll just say what it is. It's not anything to do with injuries. It's, it's legality stuff that she's got going on. Uh, there, was a, there was an incident, what, a, a week or two ago to where she got caught actually strangling another player. On the court, yeah. And so nothing's been addressed with that. I don't know if that's what is, is one of the reasons she's inactive. If she does play or she doesn't play. Um, I don't know if she'll be a factor. I mean, it would it would hurt to lose your number one player, but they're so used to not playing with her. Well, last year she was limited, uh, what, by about five points. I mean, she barely, barely cleared the double digits. She had 13 points. Um, she only had, uh, I think it was 11 rebounds, which is usually averaging around 15 uh, to 19. So, I mean, it, 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 the defense that Don Staley plays, I think, and the depth that Carolina has – is going to be a big factor, despite the fact that they they went to the transfer portal and got some really good players. They went to DePaul, got Anish Morrow, um, the Louisville guard that's not playing point guard. That She struggles at times. I mean, she was a shooting guard at Louisville, and uh, we're talking about uh, Van Lith. Um, but, you know, she's she's learning the point guard position. How good would she be if, if at Louisville had stayed there? Because that team is yeah. really solid on the girls' side of ACC, too. But it's one of these games, Tom, I just think that what we've seen – and you know me, I haven't always been the biggest Dawn fan. I think she does the best job she can do. A lot of times she preaches from that podium, and I don't always like that. But i got to give her credit this year because she has made it her desire after last year and not making it to the dance like she wanted to. She's made it her goal that they're going to get there this year because I couldn't come out and give you a combination of five players if I had to that she's going to start tonight. I would say Chloe and, and Cordoza and um, – um, Other than that, it's Raven <laughs> and everybody else, and then and then like you say, you got you got ladies like Full Wally who doesn't want to start. I want to earn my place on the on the court, but and why would she not? She's coming in off the bench every game so far, and she's still averaging fifteen, sixteen a game. I mean, yeah. well, that's the matchup that I want to see is Full Wiley and Johnson for LSU. She was the phenom freshman that they had last year. You got the phenom freshman that Carolina's got this year going head-to-head at the shooting guard spot. And that'll be key. And, I mean, I think you're going to see Raven over there a little bit. Raven Johnson will be helping out just to say, wait a minute, I got a little more experience than she does. But <laughs> we're going to see what we got. But I, this is one of those games, Tom, I, I really expect basically like what happened last year down there, unless you do get an Angel Reese just come out and go crazy tonight, which – you're going to go from not expecting her to play to play, and that's that's asking for a lot, I think. But I think this team's ready. I, I, like I said, all year long, this is a game that they want to win because it's a road game. And they like to, to play road games like they do at home. And, I mean, they know they're not going to have the crowd behind them. I, I'm more interested also in Kim Mulkey and Don Staley head-to-head. Now, they've been cordial in the in- – in the media this week. I mean, they really have. They've complimented each other, but the feelings <laughs> are totally opposite of what you're seeing. That's probably what SEC is saying. Look, <laughs> y'all keep it civilized. <laughs> Don't make us have to do something that we're going to regret. And like I said, this team will scrap if this team is forced to scrap. And, I mean, we've seen it at Iowa. I, I, you know, I was one of my least favorite teams. I am though Caitlin Clark is a really good player uh, because of the coach out there. 
Um, and then Mulkey, we we sent them allow their players to play a little bit on that side that you don't want to necessarily see them play on. But that's what I'm saying. You come, in, you know, you got a Carolina team going down and can scrap with the best of them, and I mean scrap. Well, and that's that's another one of the points uh, for keys for victory for for LSU is can they handle the physicality of South Carolina. The two losses that they have with Auburn and Colorado in that first game of the season, both those teams extremely physical, particularly down under, that's going to be hard for LSU to match, particularly depth-wise. They, if you, they get in trouble, they don't have the depth to get out. And that's the key. I don't think I don't know if there's a, there's a lady out there waiting on Cordoza. I don't think we've seen the total of what she can do underneath that basket. I mean – the way we rotate in and out, I mean, to see Chloe Kiltz coming in and out and doing her thing, and Cordoza, they're working the good together as a group down below. But like I said, Dawn's rotating stuff in that you really, as a if you're the opposing coach, you don't know who you're going to see. You can you can speculate, but you don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. How does LSU handle South Carolina's three point shooting? Best in the country, ladies. Um, it's going to be difficult. I mean, for one, I think you're going to have to play more man. I don't think he can sit back and let him shoot from his own standpoint, you know, so to speak. I also think they got to figure a way that they've got to get some some inside play to where that more inclines them to become LSU basketball with Kim Mulkey as the coach of that team. But that's where I think you're going to see ladies like Kitts and Cordoza just step up and say, you know what, we're going to sweat. We're smacking this out of here. Um, and another thing I noticed about LSU, they're not very good for the line. So if you put them on the line, they're they're not that eighty percent team that you might would see. I mean, Carolina's what seventy seven percent, I think, from the from the line. Uh, but when you sh- that that was a key point you brought up because I think the Gamecocks as a whole they're shooting what sixty. 66 or 68, I think is the last two numbers I saw. Yeah, so I mean that's that's fairly good, and like I said. They're leading the SEC in three-point shooting, and that's where this team has had trouble in the past. Yeah, forty-six percent is unreal. And it's and and you know now you're you're right. If you, I'm going to tell you something, if you're 50, right at fifty percent from three, you're winning basketball games because that makes your other percentage, the other field goal percentage, a lot higher. Yeah, for South Carolina, another factor is going to be making LSU play a half-court game. Yeah. Because all of their points and their in their multi wins and where they get the majority of their points, it's defense to offense and fast breaks. It is, and I think that's that's what Carolina's okay with that. Because I'm telling you, the game calls are run with anybody. It's just once they get that, once they all get down and they start setting up, you know, you go into your three two whatever you want to play defensively. I mean, they're going to force LSU to hit shots, and like I said, they're not a really good you know free throw shooting team. As far as SEC girls teams go, they're not like a Tennessee that shoots really high percentage, and that's what that's what it's going to take to win, Tom. And I think another thing, I think they generally dominate offensive rebounding when they're playing. So get in there, get a couple quick fouls over the back or whatever it is. I mean, they're at home, so they're gonna. What's their rank right now? I mean, they're they, ranked second, I believe. So they're right behind. Yeah, they're right. Behind. So this is that one-two matchup you want. And, I mean, I think Dawn wants it more than Kim Mulkey does because she just wants to get out there and just and, – and this is a game, you know, we Stan's been alluding to the fact that why she won't let her girls score 100. I can promise you if this gets close, <laughs> it's going they'll over. go 112. <laughs> they'll go 120 if they need to because she's not going to hold them back anymore because this is a huge game. This probably be one of the bigger ones in the SEC this year with, with the rankings the way they are. So. 
So I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm looking right now at probably the best three-point shooter for the Tigers and, and might be the X factor is going to be Johnson. That's the girl that you got from Louisville. Yep, from Louisville. She's averaging about 13 points a game right now, but she's uh, been efficient. She, you know, she's hitting her jumpers um, 50% from the field, 44% from three-point range. So, you know, got to control her 81% from the free throw line to go along with it. So she's been... But she, the, she, you don't see defensively what, what well, is about she, it, Carolina. She so. and, and, and Reese is pretty much has yep. been their main scores. Yep. And like I said, I hope Reese plays. I really do because I don't want that to be used as some kind of a reason that if Carolina does win, I can see it going either way. I mean, we've been waiting for that one bad game, and we figured it would be a road game. We just didn't know which road game it would be. I mean, this is the one that was going to give us the biggest test because that is one and two. And, you know, you can see it. I mean, the sheer fact – Here's the thing that really just surprised me. What's the spread on this game? I know it's a women's game. Um, nine and a half, I believe, is what I saw. And that's a little surprising to me. That that does surprise me right there. So, Vegas knows something, Tom Carroll. We may not know totally what's going on with the – I just – I think defensively, I think we're a better basketball team. And I think we can – I think we can sh- – here's the thing. I think we can shut the inside down game a lot faster than we can shut it if they start hitting 60% from three-point range. I think we've got we've to make them shoot the three to beat us. That's what I think we're going to need to do. We're going to make him play half court to go yeah. along with it. The other factor is, and you brought and alluded to what's going on with Angel Reese, is uh, you've got all kinds of side stories within this program and the drama around this program with with Angel Reese and Kim Mulkey and uh, what they've. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's got to play. You would think on the entire team as well. Um, particularly when she had to sit out four games in the process of all that, and you don't know, uh, we, we still don't know the whole story about what's going on behind that. Um, it's, I don't know, it, it, it's got to weigh a little bit, I would think, particularly on Mulkey and, and what's going on uh, with some of the other players that, not necessarily starting, but some of the backups. Here's the thing you cannot lose your leading score to, to just what this is. It's just unfortunate, but. To injuries, you expect injuries, but when you have, like, players just going out here and doing this knucklehead things, and you lose them for that, and that's what this is going to be. If she doesn't play tonight, it's not because she's hurt. It's because of the incident that she had on the court uh, a week or two ago, and, and the NCAA is finally catching up and saying, you know, I think another four-game suspension is going to be what she needs because she didn't learn from the first, the first one, excuse me, so – I hope she plays. I really do because that's going to that's gonna bring out the best of the Gamecocks. I made a mistake. LSU is ranked ninth, not second. So you got South Carolina, UCLA, Colorado is third. Um, then you got Kansas State, who basically lost this week, so they'll probably end up falling. Um, Iowa is there. Stanford, uh, North Carolina State is seventh. Connecticut, eighth. And then LSU at ninth with Texas 10th. I'm thinking there's a game I want to see, and I said it could be for the national championship this year with Donald Staley. And that's with the uh, the coach at Stanford who just broke Coach K's coaching record. Most victories in basketball. Not just on the women's side, but on the men's side too. She's, she's now the – she holds the record. Vandermeer, whatever her name is, at Stanford. Really good basketball coach. I meant to mention her Monday after she did do it. And, she, of course, she beat Ar- uh, Oregon to do it, so that didn't make me happy either. But <laughs> – um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is the reason that I'm not griping on the men's side. Everybody's when are the Gamecocks going? Look, you don't want to be ranked right now. I'm telling you, you had just as many on the women's side. The men lost just as many as they did last weekend too. I mean, if you're ranked right now, the bullet's on you. I'm just telling you. So you know, the Gamecocks are number one. 
they've had the bullet on their shoulder the whole year. They haven't. I'm still waiting on to have that one game they don't play that great. And they, they never – they're like, we're not going to do that, guy. Go ahead and find another – something to talk about. We're not going to give you a reason for us to play bad. And, and I think they're going to come out from the opening tip of this game. And it, and if Reese isn't playing, I think they're going to load it down quick. And this game's going to be over by halftime. All right, so LSU hosting top rank South Carolina tonight, 8 o'clock. It'll be on ESPN or your ESPN app. Of course, at Pete uh, uh, Marvich Assembly Center is where it's going to be taking place. It's the only matchup between these two during the regular season, much like it has been the last four years. I like it. They should call it the Pistol Pete Dome. I like the, <laughs> that dome. It's tougher to say Marovich than it is Pistol Pete. So. And that's a really great facility. It really is. It's it's beautiful little. It's it's a great place to play basketball. All right. So good luck to the Gamecocks uh, ladies that are there. Let's talk about the guys because they took on Kentucky. What Tuesday night? Another six seed and <laughs> a six seed. Yeah, and uh, Kentucky. You know. Came out kind of hot, but South Carolina came out much more physical. What surprised me in this game, um, you know, with uh, with Carolina winning seventy nine to sixty two, was kind of the way that it started out because the refs decided to let them play, and it got hard to control the game. I think late in that first half, um, they did manage to get things under control in the second half, but for the most part, uh, it was street ball for the first twenty minutes. And you saw what you saw who controlled the game. Yeah. The Gamecocks love that that style of play. I mean, and we're not the biggest group of guys there. You think of Kentucky, you think about, you know, your seven foot two guys, and they got a couple of them. But this game to me, Tom, was a couple guys. I've been I've been all year long. Talon Cooper has been my man. He's been that guy. He was mine too. Is one of I was going to point out. And he is man. I mean, twenty. He had twenty point six rebounds and five assists. But the key for him in the first half is he finishes the game eight for eleven. That's your field goal percentage. It's eight for 11. Two for four from three. And, and, and you know, Cooper's not a big three-point shooter. Um, and then, like I said, the free throw line, two for two. And then you still had Meachie come in, do a fairly good game. Let's just call it what it is. He had 14 points, two rebounds, two assists, five of 11 shooting. But, you know, coach got to him and said, look, you're two for four from three. Let's cut out for a little while. And I think that allowed Taylon Cooper and, and um, Murray Bulls and, and Zach Davis. Let's, I mean, he has been stepping up from, from Denmark Olar the last well, two or three Well, Wright was 0-4 in the first half. I mean, he couldn't miss. Yeah, just another really good game for him. Four for eight from the field, 14 points. Four for seven from three. Let that man shoot. You know, he's got he had the game winner against Missouri. Um, I'm still waiting on our man's Burdock to get get him a point, but he he's not getting anything <laughs> right now. But like I said, all in all, that's a huge win for the Gamecocks. Um, the, and, and we thought it would we it could possibly happen. I mean, we did. I mean, the matchups just it, it suits us better when you when you play that style of play. And I mean, that's what Coach Parrish wants to play. I think Calipari would probably change things up. If he could do it over again, which he will be able to do it over again when we go out there. Yeah. Well, it almost seemed like the entire Kentucky team was in awe of 18,000 folks. Um, the only one that wasn't was Dillingham, who was draining everything. Of course, he was their leading scorer in the process, he and Antonio Reeves. Um, crowd didn't seem to affect him, but uh, the defense, I think, that South Carolina plays that, that – 
that Parrish wants them to play really stepped up, particularly with Gray and Clark. Now, Clark didn't score a lot of points. He only played about eight minutes, but he had some really – uh, good defensive plays that he ended up making and, and underneath the basket. As far as Gray, uh, he went up against those seven-footers and, and pushed them around. They were not happy playing physical foot or uh, physical basketball. And Josh Gray is. Like I said, you know, he's been one of the ones I've been really disappointed in here, but this is what he does, Tom. He goes in and he says, you know what? They want to get physical. I'm their guy. I don't need to score points. I'll just, you know, and in situations like that, you don't mind if the kid gets three or four fouls pretty quick because it keeps your other guys that are scoring, you know, they're actually playing down low. Your guys like, you know, B.J. Mack, it allowed him to drive the lane a lot more without having to worry about a foul. And nine six, you know, 9.6 rebounds for Josh Gray is a lot better than he's done all year. And Clark's the other guy. He, you know, he gives us those minutes that – to where we can get our guys to where, like, you know, you have a Michi who's just not playing the best and Murray Boyles who needs that break every night, and that's what Clark does. He he replaces him until, you know, he's ready to come back in the game. Just like the ladies, I mean, I think Coach Ferris is doing a great job inter- interchanging the players in and out, getting different looks for different, you know, players in the game with different players. It's not just like you're starting five, like, and they're, they're all averaging double figures. Cause that's not what it's about at all. So, like I said, I'd like to see a couple more of these bench guys really pick it up. But Jacoby Wright, for me, has been the guy the bench that's done the most so far this year. And Josh Gray's starting to put some points with some rebounds. And you kind of got the feeling that Kentucky gave up midway through that second half when Carolina went on that 22-6 run. That'll shut anybody down, Tom. <laughs> I, you know, the the thing is, you watch the game and you look at the score and I'm like, 7-9-62 for real? And I'm like, well, yeah, you saw it. It happened before your eyes. And, I mean, that's a 17-point win, Tom Carroll, mm-hmm. against the number six team in the country. And that's the reason I've had to, all year long I've been about, look, I, I don't really want to see them ranked until when it means something. But here's the problem. That's what committee looks for, how long they were ranked mm-hmm. during the year. So – if this team's going to go anywhere, they've really got to go ahead and take a rank and hold a rank um, throughout the rest of the conference. I mean, it's not the only thing they're basing on, but I promise you they're going to look at how, how many weeks Kentucky was ranked number whatever. And we got a Carolina team that's not ranked yet. They're 16-3. and three. Um, I think they were ranked one time earlier in the year, I believe. I think they did get one ranking. I think they might have been, what, 20th or right after Clemson loses. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times they just throw rankings on it, but – I mean, this game, I mean, they, Carolina's 29 for 60. I mean, that's 50% from the field. That's the game. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's the game. All right. A lot of fun. Uh, Gamecock's probably going to be ranked next Tuesday, so we'll follow along with that, uh, see where they end up. I'm guessing 23rd, 24th, something, somewhere around there. I think we had, I think we got to just take it. And, and you, know, you know, we're going against a team we just beat on the road in Missouri. And like I said, Jacoby Wright hit the game winner in that game, and they, you know, they got a couple of seven footers too that doesn't do a lot offensively. So, but they're they're a little beefier. They are, but we're at home, so <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're beefier. But like I said, I think our our players are just playing better. So All we'll right. hold it. I mean, we're we're sixteen and three and ready for another game. Yeah, that'll be Saturday afternoon. Kentucky, uh, they're going to play at Arkansas, so we're going to be heading out that way. So, should be fun to see how that. It should, yeah, plays it should out. be a great game. 
Looking forward to it. All right, let's uh, bring it a little closer to home um, here in the Lakelands and talk about uh, the Lander Bearcats. The men's lacrosse, they were picked uh, to repeat again in the Peach Belt Conference champions. They've got four players that were named preseason all-conference um, to go along with all that. So, uh, you know, I'm looking for big things here when you got uh, James Lynn, Carter Wilcock, you got uh, Nicholas Page, and Kyle DeCrispio to go along with it. Those four um, – you know, have just been phenomenal, and here making preseason, uh, they'll be postseason as well. You're talking about this is what's amazing to me, Tom. And it seems like Lander and Erskine, we talk about it every week. This is a new sport that, that was added what two, three years ago, mm-hmm. and we're already defending champions. That defending, says something yeah. about the 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 what's going on at Lander, the pedigree they got with lacrosse, and I, that's amazing. That you're, that you're, you know, reigning champs. I mean, that's just something. We, we we follow the big stuff like volleyball, softball, baseball, you know, basketball. But, you know, rugby, lacrosse, and these are these are not only just guys, just girls and guys sports for Ed Lander. Yeah. So. Well, here, here's the thing about the lacrosse. Um, not only did they win the championship for the Peach Belt Conference last year, they led Division Two in turnovers per game, um, causing turnovers per game, that is, at 14. They were third in clearing percentage, um, which is basically clearing out from the goal um, at uh, 90%. Fourth in assists per game at almost 11. Sixth in assists at 175 total for the year. And ninth in opponent clear percentage at 76%. Also points per game, they were averaging about 25 and a half. Wow. I mean, that's domination. That is. That's that's bringing a a coach in and just – Hey, do what you've been doing at other schools, man. Build this program up, and if you build it, they'll come, and they have. I mean, I'm just – it just stuns me that we – that Lander, I say we, but Lander as a whole has this many sports for girls and guys. It's amazing. You expect that at your Carolina, your Clemson, your ACC, SEC type deal, but that Southern Conference is still – I mean, excuse me, not Southern Conference. Peach Bell Conference. Peach Bell's <laughs> still rolling, and uh, – like I said, I know we had a – last night you probably got it too, but we had a tough little series with Augusta State again in, in men's and women's basketball. But the women ended up winning. They did. And uh, and not only winning, but dominating. Christian and so they're Berry. still undefeated, undefeated Peach, Peach Belt. And Augusta has done well at home at Christian Berry Arena, and that was just a game. They went in there and they almost felt like they were playing at home. And and a huge win for the girls, no doubt about that. So they keep they keep it rolling on that side. Um, and sooner or later, like I said, Omar's got the guys going in the right direction. I mean, so things think, think are looking good. At, and we did we hadn't even talked about the wrestling side of it yet. Because um, one thing I was going to ask you is what happened for us to go from one in wrestling to number two this week. That means we lost to somebody, or we would have had to. So, like I said, wrestling's rolling. you got lacrosse getting it now, women's basketball. Even the guys are playing really good. And like I said, you're getting ready to start your softball, your baseball. Yeah, softball, I think the women are ranked Fourth, uh, we're, we're projected to finish fourth uh, I think this Gr- year with Grant the new coach. Was, Grant McCaslin was telling me and you that rugby's getting ready to hit. Mm-hmm. It's going to start up. pretty soon. So uh, I think rugby and football kind of go to our basketball, baseball go together. But uh, anyway, we're going to have something on that too because he did so many <laughs> coaches. Number, and I'm going to get him to come on podcast with us and teach me a little bit about rugby. <laughs> Since I look like a guy that plays rugby all my life, so it should be fun. And like, but I mean, this just the. What's going on at Landers? The culture is just unbelievable. I mean, to have that many sports and competitive at each one of them, it's just like like you got to put three sports in, and, and we got to have three sports in order for each three to go. Now these are championship teams. I mean, it's not like we got them in there and they're not doing anything. They're playing. They're winning. 
All right, um, so I think that's uh, all the time we got for as far as the college aspect goes. So we're getting ready to hit the high school aspects here. Before we do that, I want to make mention that you got American Legion post-20 baseball and softball that's going to be coming up here uh, starting very, very soon. Uh, of course, we got to get through the high school season first, but soon as uh, May hits, boy, it starts activating and uh, getting uh, getting underway. And now's the time to go ahead and get registered. If you want to play American Legion baseball or softball, just go to their Facebook page, American Legion Post 20, and uh, you can go ahead and there's a uh, one of the links that's down there. You can go ahead and click on that, and that'll get you signed up right there, and it automatically goes right to Ty Vines, and he'll go ahead and uh, send you the invite and say, hey, you are registered. We expect to see you for tryouts on such and such date. You know, the cool thing about it, Tom, is we're, we're very fortunate in Greenwood, not just I mean, in Greenwood, because your coaches, Matt Baker, Matt Height, they're all in this thing, just like the Lakelands teams. They're, all of these are very in tight with Ty. Yeah, Coach Ellis as well over at ninety six. Yeah, so I mean, you got. It's not like you you don't have your coaches that are going to push you to do this anyway. You you're one of my players. You know, go out and give him a shot. Play Legion baseball. Bring a title to, that you can't get. Maybe go get it as a whole in Greenwood. And I, I like I said when I when I was coming up, that wasn't an option, man. We. <laughs> Us knuckleheads, we went to the beach and stuff like I've told you in the past. We didn't worry about playing no baseball in summertime, but this is a really good organization that's well-ran. Let's just call it what it is. It's well-ran. The ladies won, what, two years ago? Mm-hmm. And so it's time for the guys to step up to the plate. And there's a lot of talent in the Lakelands. And let's bring it to, to Ty Bynes and let him show you what he can do with it. Looking forward to it uh, getting underway. And um, as I said, uh, go ahead and get signed up now so that you'll be ready to go. And they are going to have numerous uh, athletes here once again. I mean, you got uh, all those juniors that are going to be vying for that, uh, that are going, trying to get to that next level, vying for that senior team. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, We'll see how it turns out. All right, let's uh, move on to the high school aspects. We've got a lot to talk about uh, that's going on. Of course, none bigger than the head football coaching changes. We're going to get into the basketball and some of the other stuff here in just a minute. But let's talk about what's going on at Lawrence High School on Tuesday. Greg Porter was there. They introduced him as the head coach for the football program that is there. So he's moving from Greenville to Lawrence uh, for the Raiders. When you look at his career, um, you got to go back to uh, 2008 is when he started coaching as a head coach in South Carolina. He was at Southside at the time. Um, I remember that year, Emerald had, it was the only time that Greenville, I think, has been in 2A, um, or Southside's been in 2A at the same time that Emerald was. And we played them twice that year. We played them the third game of the season. They ended up beating us um, like 63-34 to 20, or 63-34 was the score there. And then 73-27 to 27 was the score for the first round of the playoffs at their place, and uh, you know it—it it was just a, a total domination. But you know that was a seven and five team that ended up losing in the next round when they had to play Strom Thurmond at that time. Strom Thurmond ended up winning that game, but he was two years at Southside. Then he went to Hillcrest, and we know what he did there. Ended up winning the championship uh, in 2014. Um, you know he went to the uh, uh, quarterfinals just about every year except two. Um, that were there. Uh, that was 2012 and 2016. He only made it to the second round then. But, I mean, you can make it to the quarterfinals in, in all the years that you're there. That's that's doing some some good. And then uh, went to Greenville, ends up spending five years in Greenville. Um, makes the quarterfinals in 2019, 2020. He didn't make the playoffs at all. That was, of course, a COVID year um, to go along with it. So everything was kind of uh, – 
water down for the most part, so we really don't count that. And then he went to uh, uh, the uh, uh, finals uh, each of the last three years. He made it all the way to the championship upper state finals um, to go along with that. So And made region championship in 2022. The only thing they couldn't get over the hump of last year was Westside. Yeah, by Northwestern. So, uh, <laughs> just could not get past Westside. It was their year, Tom. So, this is his fourth stop. Um, and he, he's now at Lawrence. And, like I said, this this actually broke two or three weeks ago. I don't know what happened. Um, if, well, if, the guys from moving the chains got a hold or wind of something. Something, yeah, but something held it up to where they, I don't know if it was the financial parts of the contract they were working on and they didn't want anybody to get. <laughs> And because you were on your ski trip, and I texted you, I was like, "Guess what? Your buddies at Lawrence," and you were like, "What?" <laughs> and uh, so the information was there, but there was something that they just had not finalized. It could be their, you know, his pay, whatever it's going to be. And like I said, one thing about Coach Porter that you got to give him credit for is he's always got a prolific offense. It seems like he always has a prolific offense. They can put the, those numbers up. We saw it at Greenwood this past year and the last couple of years, actually where they just put up a lot more points than offense that we could put up. And, I mean, that's – you know, defense wins those championships, but when you can put 60 and 70 up and the other team can't, that can be trouble. So, I, you know, I'm sure they're going to love that. That's why I tell you we should have got Doug on here today or, or next week. <laughs> I don't know if he's even and, working. And, and find, his, find out what he thinks <laughs> about the possibilities of being able to score 70 points for Lawrence. But, um, but I would say it's a good hire because it's like we've always talked about Greg Porter – He's a builder. He doesn't like to stay at one place very long. And then, like I said, he was already in, what, year five? At, year five at Greenville. At Greenville. So, I mean. And he spent nine seasons at, at Hillcrest. So Yeah. So, I mean, it's, he, he likes to move on and do other things. And we'll see what he can do. He's definitely got to work it out for him. Because this is a team that, unfortunately, the last two, three years has struggled with Coach Smith. And I don't think it was the blame was on him. I just don't think he had the athletes, and that's another thing we can talk about coaches. He can get the athletes, so leave it at that. But All right, well, here's a little bit from his press conference Tuesday as he was introduced as the new head coach. So I am appreciative for this opportunity. Um, my closest friend is the guy that's department because we work together to make sure our student athletes understand the importance of getting their education, getting their the, the, the grades, taking care of the academic part of the spokes of the, the wheel that helps us win. And they just have to understand that it's more than just football. But if we build that foundation with the academics first, I have no doubt, I have no doubt, I have seen it repeated on numerous occasions that the culture of this football program will be changed. I've already told them, once I get into the building, there's 6.30 a.m. workouts. It's already started. It's non-negotiable if you want to be on this football team. It changes. You don't have to be on the football team. It's a choice you make. But if you make the choice and the decision to be a part of what we're trying to get done, to change the environment, to change the culture, the attitude, I want to make the legendary coach, Bobby Ivory, I want him to be honored. His 206 wins, 12 region titles, in the state championship in 91, I want him to be on. I want him to know, hey, we're going to keep this tradition going, and we're going to bring it back to life. What do you feel like the program needs to take the next step? I think the program needs direction, discipline, family, brotherhood, structure, accountability. 
making sure they understand what it takes to be a Raider. Talking to a few people in the community, they said they just feel like the kids don't play hard as much anymore. I think times have changed, but I, I enjoy the challenge. And that's one of the reasons why I accepted the position, to be able to challenge the kids not only on the field, but off the field as well. So I look forward to seeing the transformation take place starting today. At yes. Greenville, you have put, sent a number of players to, to prominent colleges. Yes. What in development, what's the key to that? The key is academics. The key is telling our ninth graders coming in that you need to know what subject you're really comfortable with and take an AP or honors class. Don't be afraid to run from academic rigor because if you can do the academic rigor, what happens is when you have an opportunity to go to college, the coaches feel comfortable in offering you a scholarship. So when you start with that ninth grade class, getting that type of class going, that history, that, that honors class, AP class, then it shows that they have discipline. So the football will take care of itself. But the academic schedule of a student athlete will allow the coach to know that when he go home, this young man is going to do the right thing in the classroom. So this past December, we was able to sign six to the South Carolina and a few to other FCS schools. Right now, we have another eight on February that will sign. And I would like to bring that same energy here. I think it can happen here. But a college coach is not going to drive off and come here for kids that do not take academic seriously. Don't care about football. They don't take the academic seriously. It's not going to happen. Their jobs depend on it. So they, they, they're not going to do it. Greenville, kids bought into what I shared with over the past five years. What are your ideas on building a program beyond the high school that feeds into the high school too? It's going to take some time. There's four different middle schools, and at 4 a.m. I was already studying film of some of the kids who played middle school football in sports. And there's a guy, like I was telling them, some Demaje Crooks or something like that. That guy is good. And all I'm going to do is just put myself in the community. I have to go to Orange Hickory Tavern. I have to go to Saunders. I have to go to Lawrence Middle and show my face and try to talk to the administration and allow me an opportunity to introduce myself and share with them the vision and expectation. So they we are going to come here and they have an idea of who I am and what's expected prior to that. That's not what What do you think about the players you got here? I can't judge them because I don't know them. Only seen a few clips. But like I said, from the meeting today, the way they sat in the stands and how respectful they were. I'm going to go off of that. We all got a pass. I can't hold them accountable for their pass. I wasn't here. But I'm starting today based on how they responded to the challenge today. I'm going to just build off each day with them and give them an opportunity to show me that this is what they want to do on and off the field. But I was impressed with most. So there you have Coach Greg Porter, uh, the new head coach over in Lawrence, his press conference, some of the things that he had to say. Chris, your opinions, uh, I mean, he's got a plan. You get, that's the key to it, Tom. I mean, he's had a plan from day one of the schools he's been at. I think he's going to be successful because he, he did start with athletics. 
I mean, academic, excuse me. And I think that's where he goes. The one thing I will say about coaching, you know me, and I'm, I straight shoot. The one thing that when we played them, the, the four or five years we were there, the discipline was not there. The last two years, it changed, and I don't know where it changed. I don't know what coach he brought in. Um, but I definitely feel like culture, that's the word. That's the new word of the day. Um, and like I said, he does what Liner's going to do, and, and the other coach starts at 6.30 a.m. You want to join me, come and join me. If you don't, stay in the bed. But I think academics is where it's going to start for him. And don't be stunned. I mean, he, he's got – he's seen enough to where he's like – like he's ready now, you can tell. He's met with the team. If he'd walked in there and you'd had four or five just sitting around on their cell phones playing around, they'd have been going home. So, he, I, I don't – Coach Smith just could not get that thing to turn around. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was injuries because, you know, well, one was James Rawl, you know, graduating. And, I mean, so he's going to find his players. And, like I said, I want him to find his players the right way. I don't want, you know, parents moving from certain places. One thing I didn't know is, like, until you told me, was he actually lives in Lawrence or right at it. So this is a home ride, a home for him every day to where he can be there at 630 and he can recruit the hallways. And I think that's where it starts. If you can go and recruit your hallways, and I think you can, I'm going to tell you why. People in Lawrence, they took note of what Greg Porter did at Hillcrest, at Southside, at Greenville. They see their players. Mazio Bennett is going to be is a game. He's already a Gamecock. And like you said, February, he's got eight more that's going to sign. All I was telling the parents and the kids that are playing this coming year for Lawrence is that can be you. Come on out. Prove yourself to me, and, and I'll get you on a, on a roster somewhere. In football, and I think that's the key to that whole deal, is changing the culture back to what it was. And I love the fact that he brought Coach Ivy into it because if you think about Lawrence and we do, because my years at Greenwood, that would that was not really Coach Ivy all the time, but it was the Foggy Boys. It was, and they probably got kids now. So look look for to be a couple of Foggies. I mean, they may have ten little Johns by the time it's over, but I love the fact that he brought Coach Ivy up because he's he's bringing up the history of Lawrence High School and what he wants to build upon. And I think that's key. I was very impressed with the interview. That's the first time I heard it, by the way. So I was very impressed with it. And like I said, the, the only thing I ever had against him was the discipline aspect. And, I mean, it looks like he fixed it last year. Found a way to correct it. <laughs> yeah, and that's the key, you knowing that you can't be – I mean, because when we play, was it the first year we went to Serene and, and we were in the little wooden press box that I loved and everything, and they had 13 or 14 offense or uh, just false starts. Mm-hmm. And that killed him for that game. That helped us win that game. And then over the years you saw those mistakes not happen quite as often. And so, like I said, y'all got a really good center off of that team in Clemson. Um, I can't think of his name now, but – uh, looking forward to seeing what ends up happening over there. Things uh, on the rise uh, with the Raiders. It's funny he went from uh, the Red Raiders to the just the Raiders. The Raiders <laughs> the uh, process that, of all that. I thought about that too. I was going to make a little joke about it, but if he, like I said, if he can come in and do what he's done at Greenville, because I think at Greenville the problem was Tom was the discipline as far as like the attitudes of the players. They're in Greenville, so that 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 school's not in the greatest of places, and he was having to take players basically out of bad places and try to bring him into places and, and he become a parent and a coach at the same time and he was able to accomplish it. I think he's gonna hold the players to a high standard and if they don't they're not gonna play football. So and I think that's one thing that will dictate this team and it'll be interesting to see because we got a couple teams that are gonna be right in there with them. So we'll be see, see what Coach Porter can do week in, week out. 
All right, other coaching changes that did happen uh, this week. Uh, Willie Fox leaves Wagner Sally down there in the Lexington area to be the head football coach at Swansea. Spent nine seasons at Wagner Sally, so uh, moving on there, great hire for those folks. A really good coach. Coach Fox, I mean, he is a really good hire. Um, I, I don't know what they had to do to lure him away because, I mean, he loved where he was at Wagner Sally, but – uh, that's a great hire for Swansea, and that'll help that school, and it'll help that, that team improve. He's going to change the culture there for sure. So Wagner Sally now looking for a head coach. Uh, we'll see if they promote from within, being as late as it is. Wilson, the other one, uh, uh, Rodney Mooney ended up right at the end of the season. It was like the day after, that Saturday after, ended up going ahead and being relieved of his duties at Wilson. Wilson has – we weren't sure where they were looking. They went all the way up to the Washington, D.C., Delaware area and pulled out Coach Freely um, to come in and, and be their next head coach. And from what I understand, this is a huge hire because he's won a couple of state championships up in that area. Um, and, and this is one of the big 4-5A schools that are up there as well. So, um, you know, for Wilson, look for another two, three years. They may be a factor over there on the beach side. You know, I follow all the – I went definitely to PDCS, or I follow all these websites for the high schools. I keep up with it. And I loved what one of the guys, as a matter of fact, he said, my son is the starting quarterback at Wilson. And he said, I can tell you right now, Wilson as a whole, as a school, keep your A out of it. This man's a winner <laughs> everywhere he's been. Let him do his job, and they will bring Wilson back to prominence. I mean, immediately. And like you said, Tom, I don't know if you got his record, but I looked it up, and his record's crazy. I mean, you're talking – I mean, I think he's won like 72% of the games he's coached, and you don't always see that. I mean, that's that's even better than what Coach Porter's put out. But like I said, he's in a di- different region. He's going to be down there with the big boys. Uh, they're in there with South Florence, West Florence, one of the two. Um, I think South Florence is on the in the 4A. I think okay. West Florence moved it. We'll, we're going to get into all that. So, uh, but anyway, great hire. <laughs> two, two really good hires there. So, yep. So uh, those are the two new coaching hires. We'll keep an update on that every Thursday. We'll give you the details on uh, who is where. Also, want to say congratulations, uh, Jolien Maps, uh, one thousand career points this week over at Cambridge uh, for the ladies basketball on the guys side. Uh, also, Maddox Lee, a thousand points. Uh, basketball-wise there, so congrats to them. And Owen Sargent, 100 career wins in wrestling for the Greenwood wrestling team. They keep rolling, man. I, they, they, I'm telling you, wrestling in the Lakelands is unbelievable. It, it's as big as football is. I really can say that. Well, and they got a big thing coming up uh, the 30th on Tuesday. They've got the Lakelands Wrestling Tournament that's going to be taking place over at Emerald High School, and uh, we're talking everybody. Um, you got Dixie, Abbeville, Calhoun Falls, uh, Ware Shoals, um, McCormick, Emerald, and Greenwood. So you, you've got you know eight, nine teams that are going to be involved. It, Lakelands loaded. If you want to get out and see these, these kids at their best, come see that tournament. Uh, also, Big event happening uh, February the 1st. Uh, McCormick and Calhoun Falls basketball game is going to be closed to the public. Not sure why. Nobody's saying anything. Um, it was on their Facebook page that it was. Um, only the media is going to be allowed in there. But for the boys and girls uh, game against Calhoun Falls at McCormick, uh, for some reason, it's going to be closed to the public. However, good news is you can watch it stream live on the uh, NFHS network, according to their Facebook page. So I've – Yet to been able to get, I'm yet to have that page come up to work and get it, but I, I hated to see it because I sent it to you. I think, I, and I got off the external site, uh, and then I will say this now: the external site has been taken down. So nobody knows the reasoning. It, it has something to do 
with the reason that Lincolnson and McCormick never finished that tournament game they played at Christmas time, and I don't know if it was parents wanting to fight. We're starting to see that, and we got, that's something we have to correct right there. I know CSR has had three or four fights down there that they're talking about. Lucy Laney was one of them. Uh, I think a gun was pulled in that one. If you're going to be a knucklehead and you want to go watch your son and all play, you're not going to need to do it because they're going to shut these things down eventually, and you're going to be lucky to even watch a football game. I mean, excuse me, a basketball game on that. And I think that's a pay-per-view site, Tom. Mm-hmm. I think it's a dollar, two dollars. Something like that. But I, I'm just – it has yet to come up for me to watch football when I want to watch some football stuff. So hopefully they'll correct that also. But you hate to hear that. And like I said, I need to – I've been trying to get Coach Brown, and like I said, he's busy with the team and stuff, everything going on at McCormick. But something's up, and uh, like I said, we may never know what it is, and that's fine. But just correct it, get it to work. I mean – you don't want to just have it where it's just media can go watch a basketball game. You want to hear those sneakers on that floor squeaking just like everybody else does. <laughs> so you get it where we can all go watch it and enjoy it. All right. Um, uh, Greenwood, both boys and girls end up losing to Westside earlier this week. Uh, kind of surprised on the girls' side. We knew that was going to be their toughest test, though. We did. I mean, you got, like I said, you got the Oliver girls coming in and, and you to, you to Westside and the way Westside plays. I think Westside plays a pretty physical game on both the girls and guys' side. And, I mean, I think it gets a little chippy. I think that was the word that was used uh, yesterday was chippy between the two teams. And, I mean, sometimes that's just what it is. I mean, Greenwood Westside has been chippy probably for years. Hannah been chippy with them for years. And it's unfortunate. But, like I said, you go in and you win the games. You got to play up there. They got to come to you. If they hadn't already been, I mean, I'm sure they've probably already been. But if not, they'll come to you and you just got to win those games. But uh, Coach Childs is doing – doing a phenomenal job. We just talked about her with Coach Pitney the other day, and we know how he feels about Coach Carter. I, I did get to talk to Coach Carter or text him a little bit the other night, joking about the dance moves and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> like I said, coach, both, both coaches were disappointed. Coach Greg put on there, I think, on the Facebook page that that one hurt. It stung. And so they felt it, and, and that's how practice would go today and uh, get ready for – I'm sure they probably got a game tomorrow. Tomorrow, 6 o'clock, uh, taking on Greenville, there and they're at home. So, uh, you, you know, come on out. Well, I'll tell uh, you what, Lakeland, you got a chance to see in. some good stuff this weekend with basketball and wrestling in the area. I mean, come out, man. Go support these kids, man. They love support, and they deserve it. All right. Uh, I want to also talk a little bit about um, Abbeville. They've done extremely well. We haven't we haven't mentioned them quite as much, but uh, as of right now, uh, you look at their record. They're eight and two, three and zero oh in 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 Region Two Two A uh, to go along with that. Their only losses: um, Belton Honeypath uh, back at the end of uh, December, and then they also lost to Westside, who everybody seems to be losing to Westside right now. But uh, since then, they've gone on a five-game winning streak, and they. Uh, took on Newberry. I don't know what the Newberry score is as of yet, but they got Saluda coming up tomorrow night at Saluda. That, that'll be an interesting matchup also. Like I said, Abbeville, you know, when you talk it's time when you start talking about when the wrestling starts up at like December and stuff like that, I mean, you're still coming right out of football. So, I mean, they're, I mean, you're going, you're wrestling on a football field too. Most of these guys are probably linemen and stuff like that. So, it's nothing new for them, but some of the younger kids, I know they got a kid that's, uh, I want to take 153 pounds that'll put you down. And, you know, he, he's the one who wrestles with the other guys. He's like, I'll take them on. I get better that way. And, yeah, I saw it on Facebook today, and they're doing a really good job. You remember it wasn't but a couple of years ago the coach at, that, at Abbeville went to Dixie and started the program over at Dixie. So uh, they, got, they got another coach back in there doing things like they used to do at Abbeville, and they're rolling. 
So Moving on. Where Shoals um, had a tough one against Dixie earlier this week. Uh, ended up losing 61-48. to 48. But they've got some athletes over there as well. Uh, and, you know, J.C. Medlin, we saw what he could do on the football field. He's doing it as well, averaging, uh, what, 20 points in this game? is what he came up with. The other only other one in double figures was uh, J.C. Stewart, who had 12 in this game as well. Yeah, when, you, when you're averaging that double, we'll call it double digits, even in, even in wrestling. But uh, just phenomenal, man. And just Like I said, the Lakelands as a whole is just phenomenal this year as far as wrestling goes. We've said it all year. So looking forward to that getting underway. All right, it's that time. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> we uh, saw what the uh, appeals did and everything. Abbeville moving down to 1A and everybody moving around. It was time for regions uh, selections to come out, and they came out in force Wednesday uh, just a little before noon. All of a sudden, the, the, everything started going nuts. Um, as far as where the region placement is. And we'll start with uh, Class A. Uh, region 1 is going to be interesting with Abbeville now being in that region. They got what they asked for. Uh, you got Calhoun Falls in there, Dixie, uh, Green Upstate, who does not have a football team. Um, so they will not be participating in football, but they will have all the other sports. You got McCormick in there. Same for the school for deaf and blind. No football team there. Thornwell, Ware Shoals, and Whitmire. So you've got a nice cluster all within about a 30-minute drive. I think that the one that interests me the most in that one is Whitmire. I like that. Because that, whereas maybe this year coming, Calvin Falls may not be able to be competitive with Apple yet. We know Whitmire can. So those that are thinking that this is going to be a lock, stock, and barrel and go ahead and send Abbeville to the single A state championship game, not so fast. I mean, because you got these other teams. And can you imagine what, how Dixie feels about it? With, with just what happens between those two schools up. anyway. And then you bring in Ware Shoals, who had a, a Justice Lomax last year. What kid's going to step it up this year? And um, like I said, McCormick, we never know what they're going to have down there. they got a good football coach and coach Collier. And, I mean, it can be interesting, Tom. I don't think it's just going to be like well, last year with St. Joe's and the other two. Yeah, the, the thing about it is, of course, over all sports here to go along with it, Abbeville's going to have a hard time competing against the cross country team at Dixie. They are. Um, they've been phenomenal. You got to look at the basketball team over there. Um, Abbeville won this year, but I mean, it, it was close until about the fourth quarter ended up coming through. But uh, you know, Whitmire is good in all those sports um, to go along with it. So we'll we'll see how it how it turns out. Volleyball might be another story. Uh, where Dixie ends up winning that over Abbeville as well. So, um, and then you throw McCormick in there, and they're getting better every year, basketball and baseball as well. And I kind of think, Tom, we were talking about that. I know McCormick didn't even build a baseball team last year. Um, that may – with Abbeville coming in, and they do have those teams, I mean, it may kind of force schools to go out and start hiring actual coaches like Stan was talking about the other day. About, you know, you need a baseball coach, hire a baseball coach. Just don't give it to the weightlifting guy or the guy that's got the keys to the gym in the afternoon late. Go and get a real coach to coach these things. I, we just talked about wrestling, Tom. So, 1A in wrestling is going to be crazy because mm-hmm. you're going to have your Calvin Falls, your Ware Shoals, your Abbeville, and your Dixie, and, and your Whitmire. So, that sport alone, and like I said, I just don't think we, – we don't know enough about Abbeville football. We know what they had last year. We don't know who they got coming back this year. I don't think you can just give it to them. I think they're going to have to earn it. <laughs> All right, we'll see uh, if the projections are right. If Abbeville comes through and dominates in every sport, um, the committee here in two years is going to say, we're moving you back. They're they're going to look at it, yeah. 
So uh, we'll see how all that ends up. Uh, moving on to the uh, two Class 2A ranks, um, and we'll go through a couple of these because there's there's, the first three regions are interesting to me. I mean, the rest of the regions, everybody looks like they should belong there. But the, these three regions, uh, somebody doesn't know the upstate is what I'm going to think with all this. But Region 1, you got Blacksburg way over there on the other side of Gaffney. Uh, Basher Middle College, who does not have a football program. Other teams in Region 1 that don't have football are Greenville Tech and High Point. So uh, football-wise, you got Blacksburg, Chesney, Landrum, Liberty, and Clinton only in football. Okay, and I'm thinking Clinton's going. Clinton's going to go and appeal this. I do believe, and I'll tell you why in a second. Region two, uh, you got American leadership out of the Lexington area, followed by Batesburg, Leesville, 96, Pillion, Saluda, and Strom Thurmond. Okay, I, I like that region. I mean, you know, travel wise, it's all there. It looks good. Uh, American Legion. Uh, I think they start a football program this year. They'll be JV only, much like Fountain Inn was yep. for a couple of years. So um, they did hire a football coach, from what I understand, and so they'll be the JV level. Region three, another one where I think you're going to see some some uh, uh, appeals to go in here. Region three: Chester, Clinton, all the other sports outside of football, Columbia, Eclair. Fairfield Central, and Mid-Carolina. So is this where you're thinking Clinton wants to go back to? I'm thinking Clinton doesn't want to play football (laughs) and all that travel that's over there. The other one is Chester. Chester's just out in the middle of basically nowhere. Chester probably is going to appeal to be in Region 1. I mean, they're much closer to Blacksburg and Chesney and Landrum than Clinton is. I agree totally. Yep. And I I think if they do that, Clinton will be happy then. Yeah. They get their old running mate back, so they can just throw, you know, throw it over. And and Clinton can also be in Region Two if they wanted to. They could appeal to be in that region, but I think there's going to be a couple appeals there with Chester and Clinton. Yeah. I really do. Maybe American le- leadership. I mean, um, you know, Batesburg '96, uh, Pillion, Salute, Strom Thurmond. I mean, that's fairly close to Lexington, but is it closer to go to Columbia, Clare, Fairfield Central, Mid Carolina? The basketball schools. <laughs> yeah, so. so yeah, that's where I would go if I was them, especially just starting a program out. You know, so they, two A's got some question marks, I think, right. with three schools there: uh, American Leadership, Chester, and Clinton. I think all going to appeal where they're at, and whoever came up with those is is uh, we we need to talk with them. <laughs> <laughs> Region three, um, you know, we're kind of curious as to where some of the upstate schools are. Region one, you have Belton, Honeyapath, Crescent, Pillion, Wahala, and West Oak. All that makes sense um, up there in that little western corner. Region two has Carolina, Christchurch, Palmetto, Powdersville, Southside, Christian, and St. Joe's. So again, you throw the three schools that were in Region One, One A last year into Region Three into one region again. They're going to be battling each other, and you could probably bet somebody there is going to say, "You know, we don't want to be in that region. We would rather be in Region Three with Broom, Chapman, Greer, um, Greer Middle College. That is, by the way, who has no football team, but everything, all the other sports to compete in: Mountain View, Union County, and Woodruff." Right, you know, I I would think that that one of those schools uh, maybe Woodruff may go is the one that's going to say, well, yeah. So you never know. I I do like the fact they left them together, though. Yeah, Region Four I think was good. You had Fox Creek, Keenan, Newberry, Silver Bluff, and Swansea. Um, bit of a drive for Newberry and some of those. They may be better off over in Region Three. I don't know if they'll appeal that or not. Not much of a difference there uh, to go along with that. 
And 4A, this is where it gets fun, Chris. It um, is. Because it, it involves uh, uh, some more Lakeland teams. Uh, we'll start with Region 1. What do you think of it? Emerald, Fountain Inn, Lawrence with the new hire, Greg Porter. Southside, Greg Porter's old team. You got Westside, uh, Hunter, uh, uh, Cutter Woods involved in all that. And then you got Rem thrown in on top of that. I think Ren's interesting also. Because that's a team in the playoffs last year that was, you didn't want to really want to play Wrens at all. And them going into that one really kind of surprised me a little bit. I felt like they probably would have gone into the one beside it. Um, I like it, Tom, because whereas, you know, Greenwood was in that kind of like 4A last year with Westside and everybody, I think it still keeps it kind of Lakelands that you throw Emerald in there with your Lawrence and your Westside. So you still kind of have your rivals that you've had at Greenwood before, but it's now it's Emerald that's, that's kind of holding that key. Mm-hmm. So it should be interesting to see how that plays out. And, uh, you know, everybody's saying that Westside's going to walk away with the entire title. Um, they got four re- new recruits, I, I'm going to call them that, that came over from Burns this year that are going to be involved uh, with that team. So he'll have some more wideouts that he's going to be able to throw to. Will they be as good as, as Boston was and Williams? I, I, it's hard to beat those guys. Tom, you bring, you got Cutter Woods at quarterback. I'm just, you bring in to some guys that are really good enough to be there, that, that like a Jameer Boston, take his spot. That That's another one of the things that's kind of skeptical me about the way high school league lets it go on. Uh, these kids coming over now. If a kid, if a, if a if a dad or a mom, let's say, gets a job at a hospital and they they move from Burns or Spartanburg to Anderson, I'm okay with that. But this little, let's go get this guy. He can homeschool at home and play football here. I'm not for that. And we saw it a lot last year with North Augusta and some other yeah. teams. Uh, Region two has Berea, Blue Ridge, Daniel, Greer, which those, that'll be a fun matchup there. You got Pickens thrown in there, Seneca, and Travelers Rest. Um, Double dogs would be fine, TR. Um, I, you know, you do. You sit back and you look at it and you automatically think, man, Daniel and Greer. Ooh, that's going to be some shootouts. You fun. feel bad for the first teams you mentioned. Berea and Blue Ridge, yeah. Pickens thrown in there. Uh, now, Pickens got a new coach, and they played well last year, I thought. Uh, much improved over what we saw the year before. Well, like I said, the year before, I felt like that they played a little bit better. And like I said, that coach went somewhere else. And, I mean, they got really good facilities, Tom, and that's the key. Um, facility-wise, they're probably the, the better ones of that whole group there, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I'm going to go two more regions in because I want to get to Region Four. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Region Three: AC Flora, Camden, uh, Greer or Dreer. Got Lancaster, Richland Southeast, South Point coming down for that, along with York to be in that uh, little Columbia area. They got some road trips. That's road trips. Is it Catawba Ridge is in there or no? Um, Catawba Ridge is not. Okay. The Catawba Ridge went to 5A. They did go 5, but they, they're still going to be down in that Columbia area, I think, when I looked at it. But that, that's a lot of that's a lot of miles. That's that could be in a field right there easily. Up, up down 77, yeah. That I could be in a field team right there for those You know, teams. Uh, and, and could they appeal to be in Region 5 with, with Darlington, Hartsville, Lower Richland, South Florence, Wilson? I mean, those would be some bigger <laughs> rides to go along with it. Or would they want to go over, you know, to the – Region two, who we just mentioned with Daniel and Seneca, that's still some rides. I mean, they're at at four A. They're kind of the lone wolf out in the middle of nowhere. They are, Tom. But like I said, that's that's the rides that we've made. Catawba Ridge, mm-hmm. um, so York. Uh, what was the other one? The big one. Um, who did you just say the biggest? Northwestern. Yeah, those. those I mean, yeah. but I mean, that's ones that we played before in the past. So I mean, but almost. 
would it be in Rock Hill almost, bring it down to Lakelands almost. Yeah. And that could be a region they play in it. You're still talking about two and a half hour ride or hour and a half ride, yeah. but I mean that would make it's more sense ride. than then sending them to Columbia or else sending them down to the Low Country. Yeah, it's only an hour ride between the two, but I mean that's that's yeah. two hours total. I'd, those will be appeals. I mean because of travel, we already know yeah. that's already been used. As an issue. But they've got to decide where they want to go. So <laughs> <laughs> what region would they want to be in? Would they want to be in Region Four? Who is uh, this? Is stacked. You're looking at uh, what seven teams in Region Four. And it stretches from Columbia all the way over to North Augusta. We're looking at Aiken Airport, Brooklyn Casey, Gilbert, uh, Great Collegiate involved in that, Midland Valley, North Augusta, and South Aiken. I mean, they're only going to have three non-region schedules before they get into region play. Um, and they're probably going to have five teams make the playoffs they, out yeah, of this region. I agree with that. I think Gilbert's going to be really good in that region. I really do, depending on who they get as their head coach. I can't keep waiting. <laughs> and Brooklyn Casey, we saw how oh. how big they were last year in 3A. Um, they could be a factor in this region and really push the big dog in North Augusta. Yeah, that coach is, you know, Rusty's a really good coach, and he's still doing his thing down there. And I think that, that kind of forces North Augusta to get better in every sport. Okay. Now, uh, kind of taking uh, um, some of the other sports here, when you look at swimming, just because, you know, that's where I'm at, um, for Emerald uh, in Region 1, um, the only competition that they're going to have in that region uh, really is going to be uh, Westside. Yep. Um, and uh, thanks to the Anderson YMCA and the swim team they've got up there, they put out some good swimmers as well. Um, so Emerald's going to have to compete against uh, those dogs, and some of those dogs have gone to junior nationals as well. So they're going to they're going to see some good folks that are there. But I think it's going to be better than the classification, and, and they'll be happier at possibly winning a region title than they were in 3A. The other thing is uh, with the other sports that are there, cross country they should dominate this region. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, and uh, I'm I'm looking at basketball, basketball wise. Also, yeah. I, I think uh, outside of Westside and maybe Wren, uh, you could you know you're going to make the playoff. You'll take that third or fourth spot easy. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, both boys and girls. So looking forward to to seeing where that is. I like the region that they're in. I think it'll be a competitive region, particularly making that jump up to the 4A. I think this is a good introduction level for them. And I kind of thought it would go the other way. With would I thought it would probably be a gray. No, I kind of thought it might go to the CSRA, and and luckily I don't. I think they're going to be better off where they're at. I'm thinking that CSRA group could be pretty nasty at times. Oh, <laughs> well, we know it that's, can. So. Well, it's yeah. That's gonna. Be, I mean, in 4A, that's gonna be. <laughs> that's ugh, that's gonna be a battle week in and week out. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, Aiken's got a new coach. We'll see if they get any better. But Brooklyn Casey, we know how good they are. Gilbert Gray. Um, Midland Valley is going to be without their big dog. We'll see if they'll be able to hang still or not. And then you got North Augusta. You got five teams already there. Um, you know th- th- that are vying for playoff spots to see if anybody else with South Aiken or Aiken can can even compete or Airport for that. I think that Midland Valley team is going to be tough in football this year. I think that backup guy that that Dunbar had that didn't get all the play in time. I think he's going to be ready to run the ball crazy this year. And I tell you, I think the one that may suffer is North Augusta. Not that I won't cry about it, but um, <laughs> I think that's the team that will say, because I think football-wise, I think that that Middle Valley team solid. Got a good quarterback still, and their line play was crazy last year. So um, I want to talk about Region 5 because you mentioned South Florence. Uh, yeah. We know how dominant they were in 4A last year. They remain in 4A uh, this time. They've got Wilson, uh, Lower Richland, Lakewood, Hartsville, Darlington, and Crestwood. So you're going up and down that, that I-20 corridor uh, that is going to be there in Region 5. Um, 
they're without uh, West Florence, so their biggest competition, which will probably be a non-region game, uh, just to keep that rivalry fresh in the process of all that. But then you got uh, Region Six: Buford, Bishop England, Bluffton. Um, Colton County, Hilton Head Island, and May River. Buford moving back up to 4A from 3A. I think it was a, it was it was neat. Let's say that. I mean, they competed at 4A for several years, and then actually won their state at 4A, and then dropped to three, which was weird to me. And then going back to four. This is an interesting region because you throw a team football wise like Collin County. Um, sorry, Mr. Pickney, but I know it's your high school, the old Walterboro <laughs> team. Um, New coach last year did things the wrong way, and I don't know if they kept him or not. But uh, for some of the annex he pulled, he should have been fired. I don't know if they got a new coach or not. But May River is going to be a team that's kind of a focal for that area, Somerville area, down that way. And then the Hilton Head, I mean, that's – They were dominant last they year. They were, and they, they were dominant against a Buford team like last year. So, like I say, Coach Labrand's still there. So, we'll, that'll be a little entry for me and you. Um, and then – the teams that were added to that region are going to be good. So you're going to have to play, and it's not just going to be – it's going to be wrestling, like you say, golf, everything. You got to be ready to play because you're at the beach now or the coastal. You're going to play those teams. And it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Uh, like I said, I think Buford's got a pretty good team coming back this year. And another couple of assistant coaches I've already met that are going to be pretty good too. So, But Hilton is going to be tough. That's going to be a tough region for Buford and Colin County. Can you imagine golf in that region? Good gosh. Well, I mean, Hill Head area, I mean, just everybody <laughs> down there. So, yeah, it's going to be difficult. All and right. you got great courses, so that's going to be even better as a coach. All right, and the final reclassification realignment goes to 5A, and this is where Greenwood moved up. And uh, we, we – I almost got this right. You I, had it right. I came really close to getting this one right. I thought J.L. Mad would probably be in another region, and we might have uh, uh, Eastside move over to Region 1. But you had Easley – Greenville, Greenwood, Hillcrest, J.L. Mann, Malden, T.L. Hanna, and Woodmont all in Region 1. And we've been to every one of those places. Uh, well, you were with us at J.L. Mann, yeah. were you not? Yeah. So you saw the cow pasture that was involved with that. But we know the improvements over three years that that guy has made. Ends up playing for a national title in 5 or uh, upstate title in 5A uh, two years ago in the process. Uh, he's that's gonna be, this, is a, this is a tough region when you look at it, particularly with Hannah, J.L. Mann thrown in there. Greenville is going to have the athletes this year to compete um, in football-wise. You look at the other sports in this region. I think Greenwood can be competitive in most of them because JL Man is an Olympic sport yeah. school. Cool. I mean, football has come on, but cross country, swimming, volleyball, um, you know, wrestling, all. I mean, JL Man is a powerhouse in those sports. I, I think, you, like I said, when you said that, you hit it on the head. The one team that I, that I, that always used to interest me, especially basketball, is Malden. They've, they've every year it's like they're hiring a new football coach. They need to find that guy because I tell you, if they can find him, and they got great facilities, we know that. And baseball, basketball, they're usually pretty good. Um, and it's just going to be to see them back on Greenwood's map again is going to be pretty fun for football. I think a lot of people are going to like that little region that they're in there. Uh, definitely can be competitive in it, though. I think I think everybody's going to say, well, not with T.O. Hanna in the last two or three years of what we've been able to do against T.O. Hanna, but, I just, you know, that's only the last couple of years. And Woodmont seems to go through cycles. Um, they do. And I don't know if Greg Porter stole any athletes from them or not <laughs> for the few years, but they seem to go in cycles in all sports. Um, but their swim team, 
again, another one of those greats uh, as well. They're, they're huge swimming-wise and also in cross-country. And I, I think that's the key. I mean, you have to look at each sport where each school is going to, I'm not going to say dominate, but be competitive. And that's what this whole parity among the schools and competitive competitiveness, fairness, play, and everything that we've talked about over the year, that's where it comes into play. And I think this is going to be that, – that has the spotlight to be a really good region. It could be fun. And where everybody follows it, yeah, not I, just Greenwood people. So – I mean, you're looking at – did I count that right? That eight, that's eight teams. Yes. It's so, eight. you're looking at two non-region games. That's it. Two and, non-region games. And we games. know how Greenwood usually has non-region games. <laughs> uh, you don't know where it's going to be or something. So, it, it, that'll be interesting also that you see that because as as you have Coach Liner who likes to play the big teams that, that he normally wouldn't play, you got other teams maybe like Westside that are not going to do it. Mm-hmm. They're going to kind of go back and just say, hey, we'll pick up um, – I mean, not. I'm talking about. I'm not Westside. I was talking about Hannah. So we, there's no telling who who those teams are going to be that they play. I mean, you think about Anderson; they got some decent teams nearby that they could pick up. And, and is is maybe a Emerald Greenwood one of those, or Emerald or or Westside one of those for those teams in there to play? I mean, oh yeah. I, I know in the past, you know, Emerald Greenwood have played. Well, Hannah and Westside, we know will play. Well, they will play, yeah. and that's going to be one of your nine regions. And I mean, that's why I was just trying to figure out real quickly. Well, who Greenwood, if I remember the board correctly, <laughs> you had Lexington involved in that. You had Lawrence, um, Wren, and BHP were the four I can remember. There's a fifth one, but I can't remember who it was um, as a possibility. So. You know, going back and, and taking the first two on the board, we'll see what happens. I think that'll be BHP and somebody else, Lexington maybe. I was going to say Lexington's probably going to be that one because we started at, what, two or three years ago with AC Flora, who was a pretty good team down in that area. And, I mean, you know, this, this is a team, that Lexington team, they surprised me last year by not finishing out the way they did. That's Coach Curtis. And, you know, when he left Dorman for that job, a lot of people kind of questioned that. But uh, we know Chris is going to play whoever he can get. They're going to play anywhere. They don't mind going. Um, I I would not go back to Sandy Creek, but, I mean, who knows? They may <laughs> do think it. That. Think Maybe had a home and home we didn't know about. All but, right. Uh, well, let's talk about the other two upper state conferences that uh, this is going to be fun in 5A. you got Region 2, Boiling Springs, Dorman. East side moves from Region 1 to Region 2. You've got Gaffney, Burns, Riverside uh, moves from 1 to 2. Spartanburg and Wade Hampton moves from Region 1 to Region 2. So um, you take the old Region 1 and uh, – you got, what, two, three teams that are now in Region 2 with what we call the Black and Blue Club. And that right there, another region that you see some teams like maybe an east side or somebody won't out of and say, hey, well, we want to go back to where we were at. We, I don't know that we can compete in certain sports and certain events, but I know football coach Wilcox is happy where that is because he wants yeah. to play the better team. And I think it, geographically it makes sense uh, to be involved in all that. I mean, Gaffney's going to be your longest ride uh, out of all that, but you're close to Wade Hampton. Um, you, you know, uh, Burns is just around the corner for the most part. Um, Dorman not far from there as well. So, I mean, East Side, yeah, they may want to pull out and, and try to go, what, to Region 3, which you got Catawba Ridge, Clover, Fort Mill, Indian Land, North, uh, Nations Ford, Northwestern, and Rock Hill. I don't think you want to make those trips every day. No, that's, that region was another one that kind of surprised me seeing that. But. All right, but the other fun one that I like um, – is Region 4 down in the Columbia area. Chapin, Dutch Fork, Irmo, Lexington, River Bluff, and White Knoll. 
that region is just as competitive as Region Two. It is. You're 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 adding teams that have won championships in other sports like River Bluff. Now, pretty much everybody down there can play with anybody. And like I said, Irmo last year was unreal. Uh, now you're gonna throw in there, throw in there with Dutch Fork, and I mean that little area town is gonna be tough. Gray might be better glad they didn't put that five by them because that's where they would be for sure. But that's going to be a very tough region, and then more than likely, the one thing that you got to look at is that region there is going to be. Or do they consider that region upper or lower state now? Because we've it's, seen it's going to be upper state, going to be okay. considered upper state. Um, the lower state, uh, you're going to have four regions: upstate, okay. four regions, lower state. The lower state region that that interests me the most. Um, well, there's two of them. You got Region Eight, which is going to be Ashley Ridge, Fort Dorchester. We don't know what they're going to have. We'll find out with the new coach, James Island, uh, Stall, Somerville, and West Ashley. I mean, Somerville could run the table again with those folks. And then Region 5, because Sumter is not going to the beach anymore other than mm-hmm. to maybe the, the Florence area. They're going to have Blythewood, Lugoff Elgin, Ridgeview, Spring Valley, um, Westwood, and West Florence. So, uh, you know, Sumter's going to be challenged this year more so than they were the last two years, which, you know, they ended up winning their region rather easily. They did. I mean, I think that's that's fair to them. They're going to like that. Um, playing in that little Midlands – what do you call that region now? You can't call it Midlands or – it's considered lower state. <laughs> yeah, you've got to remember this all drone on like a diagonal. And it drops straight down. So. <laughs> you know, it'd be easy to go straight down, but uh, you got more real estate on the west side than you do on the east side. Well, I think the reason I'm glad the way they've done it this week is because when I asked you the question, it wasn't like, oh, well, let me look, let me see what it does here. Last year, that's what it was. How did you have Irmo play in lower state? And how did you play have Dutch Short play in upper state? Well, Irmo was 4A last year. Yeah, they so were. But, I mean, it's still the yeah. the way it worked out that you did have an Irmo in one and then a Dutch Fork in the other for the five and four A's. That's already done. So you don't have to worry about it now. You just take care of your business in your region, and, and that's where you're at. So. And yeah, man, we're still waiting to find out uh, how the the playoffs are going to work for all these folks. We're not sure. Everybody's speculating it's going to go back to what the Big Sixteen, Little Six, Little Thirty Two kind little of a 32. thing. So. Big Sixteen was fun. I mean, you you dealt with it more of the aspect of doing like the broadcasting aspect of seeing the different playoffs, how they work, the fundamentals of it, and everything else. Where I just saw the play, get out there, get your butt out there and play. But um, <laughs> it, it, that's going to be the interesting part of this whole deal, anyway. And then now. When when does the appeal process start with this? That will start. They're going to have all of this in tuned in by Tuesday. Okay. Um, and then the appeals, I believe, will start Thursday and Friday. The appellate panel will meet Monday and Tuesday, I believe, or Tuesday and Wednesday the following week. Because we joked about it. We said there'd be more than three in this one. And I think you're right. I think there'll be, there could be upwards of ten teams that are going to appeal where they're playing at. And some of them for good reason. I think a lot of them have a lot of legitimate reasons just on the location travel alone. Mm-hmm. And I will say I think Gray will probably appeal where they're at, but they have a really good chance to win there. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. That's a, right. that's the best case scenario for Gray that they would be that they are in that CSRA group. Yeah, but <laughs> you know they're in that group, and that's a tough group. If you throw them in with Region Three, who they're yeah, you're right. They'll probably appeal this because um, they're not far from AC Flora, Greer, uh, Richland Northeast. <laughs> but then do they want to travel to South Point and York in that region um, or Camden for that matter? I mean, they took on Camden. They ended up losing to Camden. Well, no, they beat them this they year. Beat them they beat them this year. So, uh, we'll see how it is. I mean, like I said, they still got to get a coach too. And we, I mean, we don't know who they'll get. And I just I just think that will be something they will appeal on. I, I'm surprised they didn't reappeal for the other. But like I said, this will be interesting to see. But I do think that will be a team that will appeal where they're playing. 
Just because I like Ducko. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll follow along next week. Find out who's appealing, who's not. It's going to be fun to watch uh, all the happenings, as they like to say, for more or less. It'll be fun, Tom Carroll. Money will be another great show. And like I said, when the appeals start, we'll be sitting there watching them at Howard's. If you want to watch it, come on up here and get on the laptop with us, and you can be <laughs> amused as we are about it. All right. Uh, Want to make sure thanks Dan Spivey as well. He's on his way to the beach. Um, uh, you know, he, he's contributed a lot to the show over the course. And, and one thing we want to say that we missed out on, and the question we want to ask is, what do you think of Carolina Storm in the courts, Dan? <laughs> yeah, because he's really been. Um, I, I can see Tanner now, like, oh, my goodness, $100,000. You and I would just probably shut the whole thing down. We, we might be playing to just media for now and keep the fans off the court. Maybe that's what happened in McCormick. I don't know. But like I said, I think Carolina's got the money to do it. I just don't. Yeah, come on. I like you've been there. All right. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the games. He's Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys.